Hello? Hello? This is Josh. Josh, Josh Taylor. Taylor. The Forgetful Film, film Critic.com. I've, I've been sucked, sucked through a portal in space and time, and I'm, and I'm stranded in a universe where the Forgotten, forgotten Film, film pod, pod doesn't exist. exist. Jordan, Jordan do a show called Cinefun. They watch, watch movies that are fun. And then discuss why and how they're fun. Oh, oh my god. The portal is opening again. And the show is starting. And the show is starting. It's, it's pulling me in. Help me. Welcome back, Cinefunners. I can definitely say this is a Cinefunnery with no questions or hesitation. Uh, we are continuing our sort of mini Bondathon for the Daniel Craig movies in the lead up to No Time to Die in April. I am Rob, as always, joined by Jordan. I'm Jordan, as usual. And we have our special Bondathon guest, uh, theforgetfulfilmcritic.com. That's right. I'm Josh. That's how you know it's a Bondathon special. I'm here. This episode we're discussing Skyfall and Spectre, both movies directed by Sam Mendes, better known as the director of Road to Perdition. Also, oh, huh. I never <laughs> also American Beauty. Yeah. And oh, he did American Beauty. And 1917. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I seen Last that year's either. Academy Award nominated for Best Picture. Didn't win. Did not win. Parasite won. That's right. I don't really, I'm not rooting for either one because I hadn't seen either before. Mm. Just really bothered by a foreigner winning Best Picture. I I am. I mean, how do you get nominated for both and win both? How is that fair to the other nominees (laughs) who couldn't be nominated for anything else but Best Picture? Mm. It's not fair. Some guy guy actually said that. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Oscar talk. Um, I haven't seen 1917 because. It's another fucking war movie. It is another fucking war movie. But I hear it's really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've heard I liked it. I've heard really good things. 
So I'll get to it eventually. I like I like Sam Mendes generally as a director, and I think you can say, uh, bar none, makes the best looking James Bond movies ever. Yeah, agreed. Like like like, Skyfall is a revelation mm-hmm. for James Bond visually. It is such a beautiful movie. The colors are so vibrant, and Casino Royale has. It's got good cinematography and the good coloring in that movie too. Like Quantum of Solace is all washed out, um, and then the other movies, James Bond movies, are just very by the book, right? Visually, no style to them whatsoever. Uh, but the the choices that the the lighting and the coloring and the cinematography in this movie is just it's on another level. Absolutely, we can go ahead and start there. Yeah, yeah, because well. We'll talk about Spectre later, but they got two of the best, most respected working cinematographers around, Roger Deakins for Skyfall, mm-hmm. and then Hoyt Van Hoytema for uh, Spectre. So they really upped their craftsmanship game with these What last else two had movies. Hoyt done? Um, he worked with... Um, damn it. Did he work with David Fincher or Christopher Nolan? You're going to catch me in a lie. Hold on. <laughs> I, f- I, feel like I, I feel like he worked on another movie with this color scheme. Mm. With Spectre's color scheme, which is why I'm thinking a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema's Curricula Vitae uh, includes Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Interstellar. Inter- okay, that's what I was thinking. Of. Ad Astra, Her. Oh, yeah. Oh. So uh, I need to see Ad Astra. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it compared to. Oh, excuse me. I should say I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet this <laughs> uh, that Ad Astra is Interstellar. Uh, plus uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can see that. Which is intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're not talking about that. I haven't seen any of these movies. So. <laughs> we're talking about... You've seen Interstellar. Skyfall. Yeah, I saw Interstellar. You've seen... Have you seen Dunkirk? I don't know if you've uh, seen Dunkirk. I haven't seen Dunkirk. Well, that was the last war movie I saw before 1917 came out, and that's why I was kind of like, I feel like I've seen all these war movies. I just, mm-hmm. I'm good for now. Yeah. Anyway, we are talking about Skyfall... And how beautiful it is. And all those movies, what they have in common with Skyfall is that they're all beautiful looking movies. It's true. And you said uh, Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. These two movies alone, Skyfall and Spectre, raise him, in my estimation, a lot. I need to go back and watch Road to Perdition because it's been so mm. long since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't but... know. I saw it when it came out in theaters. I haven't seen it since yeah. then. We'll talk about it later, but his visual style is, stylism in, this, in these movies are, are second to none. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh I don't know if you guys ever seen Red Sonia. That is an art film. Yeah, we did it on the show. <laughs> I know that's a joke because I called it an art film. Yeah, you did call it an art film. I know that's the joke. <laughs> oh. It's a good movie. <laughs> this is how I feel on Facebook sometimes. Because <laughs> you have to explain your jokes to yeah, people. That's yes. how we all feel on yes. Facebook. Uh, this movie starts, I don't know how many year la- years later in canon, but it was released in 2012 as a movie, so that makes it four years after hmm. Quantum of Solace, which was two years after Casino Royale. So, <laughs> in four years for a James Bond movie is a long time. Hmm. Uh, the next one came out in 2015, so three years, so kind of tightening it up again. Well, 2015, it's 2020 now. <laughs> So five years between James Bond movies with the same James Bond, I think, is unheard of. Really? Yeah. Huh. And there are various reasons for that. One of them is that Spectre didn't do as well as Skyfall did. Mm. And I think that's unfair to Spectre because Skyfall, like Casino Royale, 
resets the bar very high. Yeah, yeah. right? You know, Quantum of Solace is, it's no Diamonds Are Forever, not Diamonds Are Forever, it's no Die Another Day mm. in terms of needing a reset, but it did need a bit of a reset, right. and Skyfall does what Christina Royale did. I don't know, we're going to get to rankings, obviously, later, but spoiler spoiler alert, there might be a fist fight between Casino Royale and, <laughs> and Skyfall. I don't mean between us, I right. mean between the movies on which one is actually the better one. Yeah, those are the two to really duke it out if they're, yeah, if there's a major contest between two of the movies. And I will say, I have only come to that con- decision after watching this movie last night. Mm. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I've seen Casino Royale and Spectre the most and Quantum Solace and, and Skyfall the least. And I think the reason why I I I've been I've been lukewarm on Skyfall in the past. Okay, I'll be honest. Loved it the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it was I think it is the only one of these I didn't see in the theater because it was so lukewarm on Quantum of Solace. Oh, really? Wow, that yeah. made you stay away. Hmm. Yeah, as much as I love James Bond, if I'm not excited for the next one, it's like I can wait, <laughs> right? Because uh, I've you know been burned in the past. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. Yes. I remember everyone talking about how great it is, how great the theme song by Adele is, and yeah, it's a great theme song. It is. And the movie is great, but I just remember thinking like, but this is the least James Bondy of all the movies, hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, one thing is the style the style of it, which I love. Right. Because, I mean, it's how can you not? It's a great movie about James Bond. It's not necessarily a great James Bond movie. Right. Even though it does have all the elements of a James Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, it's got everything you need. It's got the Bond girl. It's got uh, a gadget, sort of, with the gun. And they, I like mm. they call attention to that. It's got a crazy lair for the villain. Oh, it does have a crazy Which is a, another real location, yeah. which is fantastic. An actual ghost city uh, on an island. In the middle of like Japanese sea, like that's nuts. Yeah, it's got a great Bond villain. Q finally shows up in this series. Money Penny finally shows up in this series. It's got all the good James Bond stuff. It doesn't feel like a Jason Bourne movie either. It just feels like a whole new thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is not quite James Bond, but not quite anything else either. But yeah, but nothing else either. But it's, I have to admit, it's a really fucking good movie. It's very entertaining. And yeah. it's similar to Casino Royale. Like, Casino Royale isn't necessarily quite a James Bond movie either, but yet it it, it is more so than this movie. Yeah. I would say. Uh, I have a I have a sort of working theory on how these movies uh, work as far as the meta James Bondiness of it all mm. that we'll get to after we talk about Spectre. All right. I've come around on this movie. It's really good. And I just want to have that as the starting point. Okay, so yeah. You, you guys go off. <laughs> for for me, right out of the gate, that opening uh, action montage or sequence mm-hmm. is so thrilling. It's the motorcycles across the rooftops. It's 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 the it's it is in its own way a classic death defying yeah cl- cold open. But there's no crazy. The stunts are totally believable and workable. He's not skydiving off of a mountain without a parachute and getting into a plane. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, th- I think that, that makes for the best action sequences is when you believe that people can actually pull that off without the help of CGI. Mm-hmm. And it goes from that the motorcycles racing across rooftops directly onto the top of a train mm-hmm. where Bond has to jump onto a train. And did anybody else... So, Toy Story 3 had come out two years prior to this, but it really put me in mind, like, the way the shots worked over the train. 
that opening sequence of Toy Story 3 where mm-hmm. Andy's playing oh, with the I toys. You don't remember that? Oh. I mean, I remember, but I don't. Yeah. But I don't remember any specific shots, but I see what you mean. It's a fabulous opening. I Right up there with anything. I mean, we talked about in Casino Royale how much we like the, mm-hmm. the action sequences mm-hmm. and that. This one for me is right up there with those. I would agree. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, very iconic in their in their unique ways. My favorite thing about that opening action scene is when he gets on the train after he's used the crane to pull away the car, you know, the back of the train car, mm-hmm. and he climbs, he just jumps. I don't know, takes a fucking leap of faith and just jumps, <laughs> lands in the car. The train is falling away behind him. And he just casually adjusts his cuffs, his shirt cuffs, <laughs> yeah. and then moves on. That's and a great, yeah. And it's just like, that is the most James Bond thing that could ever have happened. <laughs> it's yeah. just that one little moment. Uh, I remember that being in, in the trailer, or one of the trailers before the movie came out, and just being like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> James Bond, the character, might be back. Okay. <laughs> it's not all about water and oil in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could have been, but if they'd had that in the movie, it would have been, Quantum Saw also been a hundred times better. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, and that's also where we're introduced, that opening scene, uh, to Money Penny for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't even get her name yet. Yeah, we don't know she's Money Penny no, until no. I mean, to the end. I going think. into the movie, I think everybody knew she was probably Money Penny. Mm. But like if... No, you didn't? I, di- I didn't. I mean, I'm not a... <clears throat> I'm not a big trailer guy for movies. Like I'll, I'll mm. like watch one when I first know a movie is coming out or whatever. Right. But then I'm pretty hands off until I see it. In the I theaters. don't know if they ever named her in the trailers either. It's but, but I just, the I just movie mean, is built like it's supposed to be a surprise until you see him yes, in yes. the ante chamber yes. or whatever. And she's yeah. like, and she finally says that her name is Money yeah. Penny. Yeah, I think it's interesting how this movie series already referenced Money Penny in Casino Royale. Yeah. Where it, oh yeah, it's Vesper and Bond talking, and and uh, she's like, "I was hope it was worth the money." He's like, "Worth every penny," something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the I'm the money, every penny. Yeah, worth every penny. And me being a dumb dumb, the first time I saw Casino Royale, I was like, "Wait, is she Money Penny?" <laughs> no, her name is Vesper Lynn. Right, right. Uh, no, her name is also not Franz Oberhauser. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I, I I just think I mean in general, like when you hear a movie is coming out and it's and being cast you'll you'll generally you sometimes will hear like who this character who this actor oh, is right. playing yeah like for a marvel movie or whatever right uh so i feel like there was a there was enough of the audience going into the movie who probably already knew who she was but yes it's very much written to be a surprise until the end mm-hmm. but i think it's it's great i think it's a great sort of origin story for money penny where it's like we don't know anything about her in any of the other movies. Right. And in this movie... She's just a secretary. Yeah. She's just a secretary. In this movie, we get to see why she does desk work as opposed to field work. Right. Even though she is capable in the field. But on one of your first missions, you go out with 007 and you <laughs> get almost get him killed like by the grace of God or whatever, spaghetti monsters. <laughs> he doesn't die. Right. But like you, you go out and you almost accidentally kill the, the, the best... British agent ever. Yeah. It makes sense why you'd have a little bit of PTSD from that. Yeah, no, I want to just do desk duty for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think, just like we were talking about in Casino Royale, making James Bond a real person who mm-hmm, falls in love mm-hmm. with a woman has that arc. Here, right off the bat, too, I, I really like Bond and Money Penny's rapport that they have with one yes, another. Yes. That's one of the best aspects of the whole movie, I think. It, 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 it does have some of the sexual tension that the previous relationship of the characters had right. from the other series of movies. They're on equal footing, it mm-hmm. feels like. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's not just being like, oh, James. <laughs> she's right. no Strawberry Fields. She's right. no Strawberry Fields. This is true. 
she is much more in line with Vesper Lint as far as these characters go from this series so far. Yeah, there's one. There's the one moment where he tries to undress her, like he starts touching her blouse, and she's like, "No, no, that's not what we're doing here." So I like that moment. You don't think they fucked after that? I, you know, the editing leads you to. You can draw that conclusion if you want to. So it cuts straight to fireworks. <laughs> yes, that was that was what I was going to say. When Jen and I watched this, uh, I don't know, a month or so back, um, we got we had this discussion. So something we talk about a lot uh, in TV. Dating is code for fucking, basically. Mm-hmm. Wherever, anytime TV characters talk about, oh, well, I dated this guy a while back, or, or she and I went on a date, that means they fucked, right? But they can't say we were having casual fucking <laughs> on national TV or whatever. So dating is now shorthand Kids for Kids might that. be watching. Kids might be watching. So <laughs> dating is sort of the shorthand for mm-hmm. for for fucking or whatever when we were watching this she would like is when they're when they're cutting it's like do you think they're going to do like are they going to do it well let's see what they're going to do he's never actually boned down with money penny before that's true let's see what happens and then they cut to that and it's like that's really yeah. shorthand for fucking you guys maybe right you may be reading that right I... it cuts straight to fireworks <laughs> yeah, fireworks <laughs> is generally movie show but right. like it's, it's the it's, train going into the tunnel yeah <laughs> it happens in the next movie yeah you know? it's ambiguous enough to where if you really don't like the idea of them having, right, right. Then, well, they didn't show it, so they didn't do it. But right. I think they did it. No, that's a good point. I, I think I, I talked about on the last episode, or maybe it was the my bloody. I know it was the last. I think it was Birds of Prey. Uh, I got into a little, a, a very small Twitter kerfuffle. Oh boy! With somebody who was just adamant about how Tom Hanks and um, Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, didn't have sex in big. Oh no, that's they were fucking insane. Yeah. yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, that's my. That was that's literally like the editing of the movie is clear. Yeah, it. They're undressing, cut to black. Next day, you know, it's the next morning. Right, means, it's the next morning. That means they fucked. Right, he puts his hand on her breast. Yes, and yes, it, yeah, fades to black. And, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, "Well, it could have just ended there. You just want your fantasy to be true." No, he's like, "God damn it, no, no, that's not." <laughs> There is a language to film. Yes, film right. literacy is a thing, and it, it's and it's one of those things where that if you watch enough of them, you just learn it by watching it because right. it's it's intuitive. Uh, the, be, the the good ones are good <laughs> editing means you don't think about it; <laughs> right. it just happens and you get it. Yeah, uh, that's why movies like Dangerous Men are so fun to watch because. <laughs> The editing doesn't make sense. It so plays with everything you've ever yeah, known. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, am I crazy for thinking I've known all this stuff? <laughs> am I crazy or is the movie crazy? <laughs> uh, and yeah, I would say uh, the scene in Skyfall with Money Penny, uh, it's, it's it's similar ground okay. that we're treading there. Yeah. And I and I think it's fine because in this movie they have a past relationship. They have. A connection to each other because of that, he om- she almost killed him. Right, but he's not sore about it. Other than that, he's got the scar. <laughs> he's literally sore. He's about literally it. sore about it. Well, that's that was from the guy. Well, that's though. from the other yeah, guy. His was in the from that, her. Was, in, that yeah. was in the rib. So you get why they would be drawn to each other. But they have too much respect for each other, mm-hmm. and like she she knows what he does, and she doesn't want to have any any part of that really. Right. But I do think it's totally valid for you know they could say we dated briefly mm-hmm. in the future. If that ever came up, which it might in No Time to Die, because Ooh. she's back, and so is uh, Leah Sadu. Oh, yeah. as, Ma- as Madeline Swan. But we'll get to her when we talk about Spectre. <laughs> so, and they've never shared a scene together, so it would be interesting to, for them to share a scene together. I yeah. Think. Anyway, any hoodly doodles. 
<laughs> my main issue with this movie, and it still continues today to today, even though I think it's really good, mm-hmm. is the the Dark Knight plottiness of it all, and how Silva's got everything worked out to the T, dude. And the craziest shit happens, even though <sighs> he didn't need the, didn't, like the train and in, in the in the subway. Yes. Like, come on! His Seriously, whole, his whole plan was to get captured at that exact right. moment. Anytime in a movie, he studied the MTA or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah. over there. Anytime in a movie, somebody utters the line, "It went exactly the way he wanted it to." Yeah. I'm like, uh. And I have a note yeah. in my notes. It says everything had to go perfectly for this plan to work. And I, I like your Dark Knight mm-hmm. reference, but that's also like seven. Like, <laughs> oh, that's true. It, I mean, yeah, Dark Knight didn't originate it, but after the success of Dark Knight. Right. So many movies we're doing it's Star Trek in the Darkness. Yeah. This one. And it's unfortunate that a movie that is otherwise this good mm. is has the underlying kind of dumbness of that plot. Yeah. Unbelievability. Unbelievability, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have ridden the train from work many times to and from work many times. <laughs> I can tell you, you can't count on the trains showing up on time. Right. You cannot on any given day. If it's raining, forget about it. <laughs> Like it's not showing up on time. It'll you'll get you'll get a range, right? And if it's going to be really long, they'll announce return coming in twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. Yeah, because you can't you can't hear that. Shit. No, <laughs> whenever that's the most unbelievable thing in any movie though is when when <laughs> yeah. somebody is on like a train or a bus mm-hmm. and you can actually hear what's being said. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's enunciated clearly. There's yeah. no static. No, yeah. uh, that that is that is that is one problem. That is, I think, the main problem of this movie mm-hmm. is that the plot is a little ridiculous. And like you said, Jordan, before we started recording, it is the knock list plot. Yes, from Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Excuse yeah. me, from every. Mission Impossible, <laughs> except for Mission Impossible 2. Right. Otherwise, every single plot of those movies is, they're going to get the knock list. They're going to find out who these, you know, whatever. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. And I remember after it had been a few years since I had watched this movie the first time, I remember thinking, was that the plot of every Bond movie? <laughs> no, that was every Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> so it's the most Mission Impossible of all the Bond movies, mm-hmm. if we want to say it like that. But... When it's executed it w- that well. It's the only way know. to do like quote unquote modern like intergovernmental computer mm, espionage right. type things. Because it's like, what else are we going to call it? Secrets? What secrets <laughs> are they going to release? Uh, probably the kind that need to be released in public knowledge. Right. WikiLeaks stuff. Well, yeah. well, we can't have like secret agents, secret names. Oh, okay. Well, then do that. Like that's the right, only right. like government. Otherwise, it's like the plans to a nuclear reactor. Well, everybody's got fucking nukes now. Right. It either <laughs> has to true. be the rabbit's foot right. or it has to be like people's yeah. names or whatever. A thing that you know is bad, but you don't know yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Right. Total MacGuffin style. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of an excuse for this movie in the sense that it is a lot of it is technology based, mm. and as opposed to like when Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines came out, <laughs> computers and d- machines generally are all somewhat networked together now. <laughs> it is more believable that if you you know when you hack the system, you can have more control over things right. today than even when hackers did it. Back in 1996 or whatever. That's right. My password is sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sex, God, or mom. Is that what those Something three? Like I that. think that's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> uh. 
Uh, man, that's a that's a good movie. <laughs> we don't do we don't do pairings on this show, but I would definitely pair Skyfall and, and Hackers together. Yes. <laughs> that would be a fun fucking evening. <laughs> yeah, I do think there is a bit more of an excuse for that in this movie than even in The Dark Knight, mm. really, because it's just that does just rely on the Joker being brilliant, right? And 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 even in, in Star Trek Into Darkness, it is literally the plot that he is a super genius. <laughs> so it it's works. Unstoppable. Yeah. yeah, but and it's, and it's unfortunate because you have. Javier Bardem playing one of the better James Bond villains. Yeah, amazing. Silva is great. And that opening scene you were talking about, Jordan. Just the the long shot of him walking towards Mm -hmm. James Bond and his opening monologue to explain, what is it, the the the, the rats thing or whatever? Like like that whole story. Oh, rats Mm -hmm. getting rats to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. It's like you're just watching that. It's like, holy (laughs) shit, like. This is this is he just became my favorite James Bond villain. Yeah, all of a yeah, yeah. yeah, he is he's so and so he can he doesn't need to be the all perfect all knowing super villain right. in order to be you know successfully menacing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many layers with him. Mm-hmm. So they 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 don't. He's just, got mom issues for sure. He's definitely got mommy issues. <laughs> mom issues. They don't just Mom. They don't just code him as gay. Like he is clearly gay, which. Might be like oh, like the villain, the, the or just raging bisexual, right? The the bad guy is gay, but oh sure, Javier yeah. Bardem is so good at it, right? He is so spot on with his like flirting with James. I absolutely love <laughs> first that. time for everything. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, Who says it's my first time? It's so good. Um, and, and James Bond is open to it. Yeah, James Bond's like I'll pretty much fuck anything that moves. Yeah, so. so. Uh, I kind of, I kind of liked it. That that's in there because you know there are certain t- audience members watching that being like gross, <laughs> right? Yeah, well. James Bond wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he would for Queen and Country. Yeah, James Bond will do basically. Well, if anything. it's between taking a dick or taking a bullet, you, you take the dick. I think that's generally wise advice. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> I have a hypothetical: who would win in a fight, Anton Chigurh? Or Silva. Oh, Anton Chigurh. Yeah, that's what I thought too. For I sure. thought about it for half a for second. Sure. I was like, yeah, Anton Chigurh is way crazier. Or depends on if I have my <laughs> bolt gun. Well, Anton Chigurh is an animal whose only motivation is to survive. Right. And Silva has an um, has an interiority, an emotional interiority mm-hmm. that would slow him down just enough. Right. Just enough. Make him not as committed. Just enough. Whereas, n- n- no, nobody can stop. <laughs> Anton Schlesinger or his haircut. <laughs> they both have fantastic haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I'm not a fan of, of Silva's suits. Really? No. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe if it's the way he's wearing them or I maybe maybe they're just not tailored to my liking. I don't know. I just don't care for his suits. Okay. And it's unfortunate because I like suits. <laughs> right. I like liking suits. <laughs> and James Bond always looks fantastic. Always. So it's a, it was just a little like he doesn't he's not crushing that velvet that all that all velvet tux <laughs> like the Shreef did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I'm done with my criticisms. Okay. <laughs> the plot, the knock list, and the suit. Okay, the suit. those are the <laughs> biggest problems. <laughs> yeah, those are no, my biggest problems. Everything works, and like you said earlier, it's it's the execution that, mm-hmm. that you can get away with a lot of that oh, stuff. Home Alone. Uh, well, 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 we'll get there. I don't know if I necessarily. <clears throat> I don't know if I necessarily just like the Home Alone stuff. Oh yeah. I've just seen it so many times. Oh, it's an, well, it is another one of those kinds of things. Yeah, and it is, uh, yeah, they put together a montage of them setting yeah. up the booby traps yeah. in the house. Yeah, but you've got two elderly people doing it <laughs> as well. Well, as they James drive da- they drive home that, that whole like. Well, it's the classic ways. It's the best ways. Right. Like, mm. 
Sometimes the old ways are the best yeah. ways. Sometimes <laughs> you just need a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way that Albert Finney, who plays uh, Kincaid, the Skyfall groundskeeper who helped raise James Bond as a little boy. I like that he either thinks M's name is Emma, or he just says M, Emma. I noticed, yeah. But it's just like, Emma. Yeah. Emma. <laughs> and he's not saying, he's definitely not saying mum or mom like, like Daniel Craig is. Right. He's saying... Emma. Yeah. <laughs> it's great uh, to see Albert Finney though in a in a Bond movie. He's yeah. never been in one before. Yeah. It's so cool. They got I love Albert there. Finney. Yeah, he's great. Big Fish. Really great in that. Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Bro- oh yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Aaron Brockovich. It's good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I just <laughs> I, I don't know if I believe that he re- helped raise James Bond, but I like him in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. And I like that he's kind of flirting with M too. Oh yeah, no, if, that's if, like yeah. If the end of that movie hadn't turned out the way it had, I, I could see them getting together. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if he's good enough for for Judy Dench's M. Maybe she just realized she needs a, a plain and simple kind of down home boy. Well, she's still kind of mourning the loss of her husband. Oh, that's true. At least that's what they talk about at the beginning, right? Uh, which is funny. Like he, he's shown once in Casino Royale, I think. Her husband? In bed, yeah. In bed. Like, she gets a call in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, and then we never hear about him again in this movie. Oh, he died off screen. <laughs> Oops. It's like, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't know why they, I don't even know why they threw that in there. Yeah, I know. It's... It looks, except to maybe make her death at the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, him right. Dies. Yeah. yeah. Make her death a little bit, like, a little bit easier to take, like... Mm-hmm. Knowing she doesn't really have anybody she's leaving behind but Bond and her agents kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. So, yeah, big swing there at the end. Yeah. Uh, M dies. <clears throat> Are you getting choked up? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's totally, uh, it is one of those moments where you would never expect it from a James Bond movie. It's it's similar to the Vesperlin death. Yeah. Uh, right. Except you're even more maybe emotionally attached to this character. Although it's less emotional overall. It's less emotional, but when you think about the fact that she crossed over James Bond actors, I mean, she's been mm-hmm. in, the, in the Bond mm-hmm. game for a long time. Since Goldeneye, yeah. In 1992 or three, 91, whenever that came Shit. out. Shit. It is interesting how how that works because it's like in the, in the Pierce Brosnan movies, she's brought in uh, because... Everybody who had played M at this point had died mm. uh, in real life, uh, so they needed a new M, and so they're getting a new Bond. So they're like, "Well, let's let's make her a woman." That's a different dynamic for James Bond, and right. it's the '90s. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it, and you know, she comes right out of the gate. You old bizarrous old dinosaur! Mm-hmm. And then she just became a fixture for the series so much so that when they recast and rebooted the whole thing. No one cared yeah. that she was still around. It was like, no, no, no. She was the best part of the, yeah. the Brosnan movies. But she's M. So but she's yeah. M, yeah. We're sticking with the winner on this Who one. Who else would you bring in as M? So I, you, I, I guess she was just done making the movies. I don't know uh, what yeah. the story is behind that. I don't either. But ultimately for those, the characters and the story, I think it works very well. And I like uh, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, as coming the new, in as the, the new M. The new M. I he I he I don't I'm I mean I'm sure they probably did this on purpose, but I was sure he was a bad guy. Oh like, yeah, yes. Through the whole just the whole time. I was like, he's a bad guy, right? He's gonna be a bad guy. Up until the moment where he's you know, he helps out in the, the shootout in, in the, the parliament yeah. scene or whatever, the court scene in the shootout. Yeah. Uh you're yeah, you're not sure about him, but it's funny, then you go watch Spectre. And it's like, oh no, yeah, no, I love him. No, no, he's great, but like, it's like, oh no, 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 uh, Max is the bad guy. Yeah, Inspector. 
Like, okay, no, that's what they were doing. <laughs> that's what we thought they were doing. So they're definitely doing it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get we'll get the Spectre. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, I love I love I love Ray Fiennes as as M. It's funny because when he was winning Oscars, <laughs> he was a much younger man and you know classically handsome looking guy. And in this movie, they really like they. I mean, he's not an ugly man by any means, but like no. they're really going for like that 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 classic patriarchal look. yeah yeah, yeah patriarch double breasted suits double breasted suits yeah. the receding hairline yeah and his balding pasty pa- yeah yeah and the way he just puts like he has his hands on his hips all the time <laughs> right. all, they're always like back <laughs> he's he's very he's very british mm-hmm. uh and i think that's a, a great touch and he's great in this movie and the next one he is very much like the classic m though yeah so it is kind of funny that even in this movie, they're going back to the so so much so that they have the same office for him. Yeah, in the new MI6, yeah, she had a very modern office, mm-hmm. and he's got a like a wood paneled, the quilted mm-hmm. door. Yeah, and it's it, it looks exactly like the James the sixties James Bond M, yeah. M set, and the and even Money Penny's desk is in the same spot. Yep, same exact spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I think it. I don't know if they were trying to make this parallel, but bringing that bring the M character and all his settings back in time. They kind of make the, this is the movie, I talked about this in the last episode, but this is the movie where, well, James, you're just starting to get a little old, which he was like 46 when this movie came out, so that's ridiculous, but I'm sitting I'm well, sitting for there. for an agent, that's pretty old. That's true, but I'm sitting there as a 32-year-old looking at Daniel Craig going, well, shit, if he's over the hill, then well, I don't even got a chance. He he doesn't look great in, in, in a lot of this movie, though, yeah. but that's, that's, that's intentional, that's for the character, because after that opening scene... He almost dies. He's out of commission for a while, nurse, literally nursing his wounds and also uh, drinking with scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy. I, it seems dangerous. Time. Yeah, a little dangerous. Uh, but he's successful at it. So, I mean, more power to him. Sure. And he comes back and it just when he comes back to MI6, and he, again, he breaks into M's apartment, which I think is a, a nice through line for those characters. Mm-hmm. Their first scene together, he broke in. And their last movie together at the beginning, he breaks in again. And, and, and Casino Royale, she says, I'll kill you the next time you do that. Right. And she doesn't. <laughs> that, yeah. tell, that tells you how much she likes him. Exactly. He looks like he's a soggy. He looks like a, a bag of a, a sack of potatoes soaked in alcohol. <laughs> 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 when he comes back to MI6, his eyes are so bloodshot. It's like he's been. He looks he's bad. Like, he, he looks like he's been putting chlorine in his eyes instead mm-hmm. of. Uh, saline and it's just like that's not that's not good James. yeah and it's a great setup for how you know m tells him you passed all your tests you can mm-hmm, go back to the mm-hmm. field but she's lying he really oh didn't. yeah i i have to say uh m makes questionable choices this movie <laughs> it's because she trusts him so much <laughs> right I mean. right that, no it's true it's true and that and they've built that up over the previous two movies yeah which is great she is i what i think one of the things i like most about this movie is that m is the bond girl Hmm. of the movie oh, sort of yeah like it's it's not money penny money penny is the you know the other lady in the bond movie well she's money penny but the bond girl in my in my mind how i would define it is the the woman lead character who propels or is involved directly in the main plot right mm-hmm. so vesper lind that that's casino royale camille in quantum of solace and in this movie if it's not him it's nobody yeah, there's nobody else that fills that role, really. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. I think that's like different. For yeah, it's, sure. it's definitely different. I like that M is so much involved. I like that Judy Dench is so much involved. <clears throat> Man, 
Anyway, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can uh, talk. Cause I can. Yeah, I, I, well, I wanted to get to, we talked about the opening motorcycle scene. Um, Sam Mendes, the way he, the way not only he conceives of the action sequences, but the, he shoots them too. Probably one of the most iconic for me Bond moments is that fight against the neon in that high rise building. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing sequence. One of my favorite it's parts of, of of any movie is when they trust the audience to just figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And as you're watching it, it's never like a like a lesser movie would have pointed out that it's the reflections working as camouflage or whatever right. for him. Yeah. But you're just supposed to figure like you just figure that out. You see that, oh no, he's blocked or whatever and he's moving through. We're like, I feel like a shittier movie it would have been mm-hmm. like Yeah. Oh, he can't see me. For two you know seconds I mean? you're like, wait, mm-hmm. shouldn't he be able to see him? But then you're like, see, yeah. no, it's all that neon. He just can't mm-hmm. even see really anything going on. That is that is a great moment. I I had forgotten it when I was watching it again this time and it's just like, wait, uh Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's 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 movie magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to tell the story visually and to not be handheld and mm-hmm. to still get it. That's that's what we talked about. The cinematic cinematic language, film language. That shit matters, man. <laughs> and and Sam Mendes is really good at it. He is good. Uh, one other like really striking visual element he puts in is when uh, James Bond has gone to Macau to try to suss out the identity of Mr. Big. And he's just standing on a boat as it pulls into the hotel. Mm-hmm. That shot of him just standing yes, there in yes. his tux with his hands in his pockets. I mean, it's just classic, iconic Bond scenery. Oh, right yeah. There. Yeah. You really can't imagine a better like shot of Bond, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Absolutely. In that, Other than maybe the very first shot of this movie where he comes out of the shadows. Oh, yeah. And he's in silhouette at first. And it looks like the gun barrel scene classic mm-hmm. gun barrel scene which this m- series of movies hasn't had yet until the very end of this movie uh in the credits i think right yeah that yeah. sounds right yeah. yeah uh and so that's like it's such and he comes well, right and it's like it's this, it's like the it's similar to the silva intro yeah where he comes like out of the you know out of nowhere and then right up to a close-up mm-hmm. if you look at all of these as a deconstruction of the james bond mm mythos or whatever the end of this one is when he's finally become james bond right and then it ends with the the gun barrel thing right and then specter starts with it right yes i believe so that sounds right yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah i think so because he definitely does film yeah yeah yes we'll go with yes (laughs) i just watched it last night but i don't remember (laughs) That whole that whole singing scene scene in Hong Kong is really good. It's great, yeah. Uh, the, the the colors are fantastic. I feel like Ryan Coogler studied that scene for mm. Black Panther. Could be. It may, maybe it's just the same location, right? And so maybe that's why it felt so familiar. Because I was like, this is a lot like Black Panther, but this came out way before Black Panther, right? But you also in that scene you you meet. Um, Silva's girlfriend, or or I guess concubine, sex slave. I'm not sure exactly. I, sex slave is what she is. How I took it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she definitely doesn't want to be with him, <laughs> but she fears for her life that she has to be with him. Right. And so, for good reason. For good reason. As it turns <laughs> out. Right. Yeah. Well, Bond says he 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 can protect her, and he doesn't, which is a very it's a it's a common thing with Bond in mm-hmm. these movies, in these movies specifically, that he tells women they can trust him and he'll protect them, and then. For whatever whatever reason he he fails at it, yeah, fucks up. 
he fucks up. Speaking of fucking up, that is something that Silva doesn't do. We we talked about how everything has to go perfectly, and that is such a departure from the previous two movies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just thought about that. Uh, he he is perfect, and the other two, Lashreef and Mister Green, are fuck ups. Mm-hmm. I think that's why another reason why when I first saw this, I didn't love it as much because it's mm. it's I don't know. It's too neat. It, go, it yeah. goes back to your generic bad guy that is always one step ahead yep. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's pulled. But it ultimately, it really is pulled off so well. And I think multiple viewings helps with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At a certain point, a movie is just what it is. Yeah, you either <laughs> like it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you're either along for the ride or you're not. Yeah. And Skyfall is too too fun of a ride. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Um, plus, the, and I want I want to get back to Silva his layers. When he takes out, he 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 t- he tells the audience basically that when M gave him up, he bit into his cyanide capsule that is like famous uh, spies to carry around mm-hmm. in their teeth, but it didn't work correctly. It didn't kill him. It just um, deformed him, <laughs> melted he, part of his face. Yeah, he takes out this appliance that mm. gives his face structure, and it's so the CGI is not great. It's, it's not hink- great. It's, it's, hinky. Yeah. it's a little hinky, but yeah. it's still really chilling. And I, I wanted to ask you guys if you got, I got like the anti-reverse Jaws vibe there. Uh, you know what I mean? Even visually. Oh, huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Jaws has a giant teeth and he had right. nothing there, you know? Interesting. Hmm. I bet you're right. I bet, uh, yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> I the, They've thought about these movies way more than we ever have. Right. You can't say that about a lot of movies that get made, I feel like, like big movies like this. We saw we see so many movies where we're like, well, they clearly didn't think about this or this right. or this. But I think with the James Bond movies, even when they're not great or very good, like Die, uh, Die Another Day, mm-hmm. they still put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, like the producers care a lot about these movies. One, I mean, Barbara Broccoli, it's her father's legacy, right? And then the other guy, he's just been working on it for so long <laughs> that it's, uh, yeah, that's like that's all they do. There's big there James ba- Bond. Yeah, that's their baby. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that is, I think I think you're probably right. There's no reason, yeah. He's reverse jaws, <laughs> reverse jaws, no jaws. Yeah, I've, I don't have more swage. I don't have a more <laughs> elegant name for that other than reverse jaws. Swage, swage, swage. <laughs> they should have just called him Swage instead swage. of Silva. Yeah, swage. This is Swage. Oh yeah, his real name, by the way, Silva is an alias he took on. I couldn't, mm. I could never get what she was saying for his first name. Uh huh. But his last name is Rodriguez. It's like Giardo Rodriguez or something mm. like that. Hmm. I've never heard the name Giardo before. I was thinking maybe she was saying Gerardo, but it's definitely G-R, she says. Giardo. So. I don't know. Yeah, she traded six other agents' lives for his. Yeah. And he's mad about it. I mean, I get it. I totally get why he would be pissed sure, off. Sure, but I mean, for Queen and Country. Right. You uh, do what you gotta do. Speaking of which, we were I was I meant to mention this at the very top, because we talked about how in Quantum of Solace, James Bond cares nothing about mm-hmm. other people, <laughs> his other agents. Uh, but in this movie, it starts off, he's trying to save Agent Ronson, who has been shot in the middle of the mission, and M keeps telling him, no, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go after the bad guy. I don't know if it's a mischaracterization of Bond. I feel like most Bonds would already be gone. Uh, but I like that, at least over, at least in the time period between these two movies, he has more value in there is other people's lives they're making him the the human bond Mm -hmm. and if he is the human bond then he has grown as a person right right and now he he respects their lives and not just the mission right or whatever it's too bad specter didn't have that character arc or not specter uh quantum of solace didn't have that character arc yeah and it not there because it is not there 
but it is good for the character in this movie that that's in there and and I think part of the reason why they why they had that in there was also to, again to soften M's death a little bit mm-hmm. like well for her it is about the mission her life is the mission if her life is over then the mission is over right right so that's it she's not she's not hung up on it mm-hmm. speaking of the when he takes the apparatus out of his mouth he's got a very skull like scaffolding <laughs> the scaffolding yeah uh, he's got a very skull like quality to yes. him and his symbol is the sugar mexican sugar skull oh yeah uh, that's in that's like whenever he's the think on your sins whenever that pops up like right before it it's like a spinning skull skull yeah. and i think that intentionally or not it ties directly into the opening of specter that starts at dia oh, de los shit, muertos it sure does. That's great, and yeah. and and m sends bond on that mission po- posthumously you know uh, at the end of this movie money penny gives him a box of her effects that she was said to give to bond right and then inspector you find out one of those things was a like a video clip of her telling of her telling Bond go to Mexico mm-hmm. look for this guy kill him yeah kill him yeah he's well <laughs> he's go to his funeral yeah but he's like clearly it's like he's connected to what we were doing in the previous mission he's connected to Silva like she didn't send him on that mission before because Silva was the, you know what they had to deal with and she didn't right. know that he I guess he she didn't know that he was still out there well once she did find out she was like okay this is the next you got to do this thing. now yeah so I feel like that was probably done in retrospect hmm. Like, I know the reason why they shot in Mexico City for Dio de los Muertos was because they were able to shoot in Mexico City for Dio de los Muertos. The schedule was lined up, and Mexico City was willing to allow them to do to it, do it. Yeah. as well as destroy a building. Yeah, then you do it. And then you do it. And but but you know the the skull is in is in Skyfall. It's in Skyfall, so it's it's just a nice tie-in. You, oh. Yeah, whether whether it was intentional or not, they right. made it work. And I just, I noticed that for the first time watching uh, Skyfall, I was like, "Huh, that is a very specific skull." Yeah, it's not just a rant. It's not just a regular skull. Mm-hmm. It is very much a uh, like a Hispanic thing. And again, maybe it just worked out, and maybe it's just happy accident. But I, one of my main takeaways, I guess from- Silva is is Hispanic. Yeah, well, so. yeah, that's true. Uh, one of the main takeaways from Spectre for me was that it is a movie that really respects the entire series of films because yes, this is why I don't understand why bond fans don't like it. Yeah. This Dia de los Muertos scene is a direct callback to the beginning of live or let die. Right. Like, Oh yeah. The whole with the, um, uh, the voodoo funeral scene. Yes, exactly. Yep. I think so. And the helicopter scene was a callback to the one where uh, he drops Blofeld in the. Uh, <laughs> I thought about smoke that. Tank, yeah, having since we had watched that for Bondathon, <laughs> mm-hmm. when I saw the helicopter Man. scene, I was like, "Oh, this is so much better than the one where he just." I'm drops so glad him. I showed it to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's all I could think of because this is the Blofeld one. Yeah, like that's all I could think of was this has got to be, like a that's reference. a reference to that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead and start talking about Spectre. All right. Then, I think. Because I, I don't want to talk about the Home Alone stuff. Oh, well, that's right. The Home Alone stuff. We mentioned it anyway. It's, well, yeah, it's old people. Montage of old people. I see why traps. they did it. I understand why people have a problem with it. It's fine. It's executed it's well. executed well. The yeah. stuff with the Aston Martin is it, great. Yeah, it may not be the best idea, but it's done correctly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I like some of the Home Alone stuff. I like seeing Judy Dench go out there and 
break some light bulbs and set some traps. Yeah, and, thematically it works. It gives her yes, a good out, and it, yes. it ties into the the old ways or the still mm-hmm. the work, the good ways or whatever. And it's building on James Bond's character because it is at his homestead, basically. Sure, yeah. And so you get a little bit more backstory about about him, and which again leads directly into Spectre. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it was intentional. I don't think when they wrote Skyfall that they were like, "We're really going to lean into Bond's backstory in the right. next one." But I think out. I think when you get to the end of Skyfall and you're like, well, we've just burned down his home. What's next? Mm-hmm. Character-wise, we need to explore that stuff because he's probably going to be thinking about it. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> so let's go ahead and have that represented in the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a that's kind of an overarching theme. Maybe that's the last thing we can say about Skyfall. But that that theme of the past coming back to haunt us. Yeah. It's mm. there with Silva. He was an old agent that came that they thought was dead that came back. His, you know, childhood home, Skyfall, which burns down mm-hmm. like for the, from and the past. For him, for all intents and purposes, was in the past and yes, around. Yes, that's, it's all overgrown. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's like, no, he hasn't been there yeah, in his decades. his caretaker, Kincaid fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's just there to make sure that the house doesn't burn down. And fuck old ladies. <laughs> yeah, whenever they stop by. <laughs> Who's James Bond here? <laughs> okay, I'm Kate, his great aunt. What do you do around here? Mowing fuck. <laughs> You mowing my lawn? <laughs> but yeah, the past coming back to haunt them is yes. a major theme of that movie. And uh, a major theme of Spectre Absolutely. as well. You actually have several figures from James Bond's past. And I don't mean the ones that are uh, taped to the wall at the end of the movie <laughs> that Blofeld took the time to print out <laughs> what? and that, put on the wall with scotch tape. That sequence, I was just like, who? Did this? Who set this? Yeah. Up? Who took the time? I don't to mean set the, all yeah. this up. I don't mean the pictures of Lashreef and Vesper <laughs> Lind and Mister Green and Silva. Yeah, uh, I mean, first, obviously, the character of Blofeld is in this movie tied to Bond's past, which is mm-hmm. not canon generally for the James Bond series. It wasn't in the other movies. It's not in the books. Mm. Um, there's no reason they had to do it. I don't mind it. I know some people mind it. They didn't have to call him Franz Oberhauser until he was Blofeld. He could have just been Blofeld. He could have just been Blofeld, yeah. Well, they wanted to make that a surprise reveal, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it it's, was it's the, the Into Darkness thing. It's the family yeah. stuff, too, of if, right, if Bond right. knew him as a kid, then the Blofeld, Nate, like, they want to call him Blofeld. They want him to be Blofeld, yeah. but it can't be, oh, yeah, when after my parents died in a skiing accident, I was raised by Rick Blofeld. Right. Oh, kid. then it's Blofeld. Yeah. Rick Blofeld. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I mean, I, I don't think... I. It was the, it's the choice to make them related as in the past that is maybe the problem as opposed to the name thing itself. Because once yeah. once you connect them in the past, you have to do something to make it a mystery that Bond has to solve. Right. right. One unfortunate thing else also about the backstory is like his foster parents and his real parents died the exact same way in skiing accidents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a little... That's Lazy? a little. That's a little like. Well, we got to get this to. We got to get this like <laughs> right. going. We got to. We got to get to print. Yeah, we got to get to print. What uh, the skiing accident? Skiing accident. But then his parents. Well, they're rich. They're rich. <laughs> they go skiing. People die all the time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but also returning is Mister White yeah. from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. I fucking love him in he's, this movie. He's Dude. good. Yeah. That like, final scene of his. Oh, oh, man. It's so amazing. When I, when he says the line, you're a kite dancing in the wind. For the longest time in the trailers, especially, I, 
It really sounded like he was not saying kite. Oh, no. Right, right, right. A hard T on that, like, sir. Is that an anti-Semitic slur? Yeah, yeah. Is non-Jewish? Oh, thankfully, no. no. <laughs> I mean, no, wait. I mean, thankfully, it's not anti-Semitic. Not right. thankfully, Bond isn't Jewish. Right. I would be fine if that is if he was. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Just no, there's no anti-Semitism here. <laughs> but uh, a great, great performance. And I love Jesper Christensen, hmm. Mr. White. Yeah, I uh, I think he's uh, he was he's he's fine. You know, he's solid in Casino Royale. He's mainly a background player. Yeah, but he does save Bond's life at one point, even though he is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is a, a neat character thing for him. He's clearly shows he's pragmatic. And then, well, in in Casino Royale, you think it's because bond is so meaningless to this guy right, that right. he doesn't waste the time in but killing him yeah but inspector it's like oh no it's because blowfield told him specifically don't kill bond well also we he needed the password last. oh the password oh shit yeah. that's right yeah 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 ultimately it was for the password but yeah you're made to believe it's just because he's not worth it right and then in quantum of solace you know he's he's tied up most of his appearance in that movie <laughs> but he does get away uh he's got an agent on the inside in that movie already and then he's in the opera scene, and he's like, oh, James Bond is here. I'm getting the fuck out. No, no, no. He's the one who sits. That's <laughs> yeah. right. He's the one who oh, sits and waits. Seated, yeah. Everyone else gets yeah. up and leaves. Because so he knows what Bond is doing. He knows doing. what Bond is doing. And 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 uh, so Bond never, never even knows that he's there, right. which I think is great. That is a good turn. Yeah. He's a good he's a good character. And then he shows up in this movie, and he is fucking... Well, he's no longer in charge. Let's put it that way. Clearly, he is a crazy madman living in a bunker in the middle of nowhere. The Alps, I think. And he's going blind or has dying gone blind. Dying of cancer. Dying of cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, what do they call him? The the White King? The Pale King? The Pale, Pale King. King. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which so Mr. White, Pale King. That's mm-hmm. it's, I mean, again, it's one of those things we're watching the trailer. It's like you see Mr. White in the trailer. So if, you've, if you're a fan of the other two movies, it's like, oh, he's coming back. If so you recognize him. If you Jesus. recognize him. I, I did. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did not. So when you there, so it was a good surprise for you. Uh, when I, but so when they introduced the Pale King character name, it's like, oh, I get Mr. it, Mr. White. I get it. Yeah. But uh, by way of, by way of Mr. White, we get introduced to Madeline Swan, who is this movie's Bond girl, and she is. Uh, I'm just gonna say my favorite Bond girl. She's. Tracy Bond, right? Essentially, like she she's is very kind of a she's very much in the Diana Rigg mold okay. for sure, mm. for sure. Because she's got the dad in the Criminal Empire. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, obviously, she's not doesn't have as good a relationship with her father. Right. That's a big thing in this movie. Her past is coming back to haunt her mm-hmm. as well. Also, by way of Mister White, and uh, I and I think they're 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 equals in the in the sense that like they've clearly gone through some shit separately. And now they're now they've gone through some shit together. Yeah, that's a good point because we one of the major criticisms we had about Quantum of Solace is what two characters working at different yes, goals. Yes, right. here that's true also, but they are working towards the same goal, even though they have different experiences. They have different motivations. Right. This is what I was saying about Quantum of Solace. They yeah. Have, yeah, it's fine if they have different motivations, but they need to be working with with each other to reach the same goal, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. That's what a good team up is. That's what a good pairing is. Right. Classic Wolverine and Colossus. Cla- it is classic Wolverine and Colossus. Or <laughs> comic, you know, comic book movie fans, maybe not comic book reader fans. They they would call it classic Deadpool Colossus. Oh, Deadpool and Colossus, sure. I was going to go with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. 
That also works. That also works. <laughs> Speaking of comic books, I think we need to clear up one of the dumbest criticisms of this movie. When it came out, so many people were like, Hail Hydra. But Oh my god. We need to remind people Spectre existed before right, Hydra. In this movie, it turns out Spectre is behind everything. 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 I'm the author of all your pain. I'm the author of all your pain. When your friend died. <laughs> That was me. That was me. <laughs> I love Christopher Waltz in this movie. Oh, he's he's amazing. He's, he's great so great fun. Yeah. I've never seen him in something I didn't like him in. No, true, but he's he's so he's he's the bad guy that's totally fun to root against. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how small he looks in this too. Mm-hmm. Like when he's compared to other, it's like he's just a little guy, but he's really intimidating. Big as brain a little guy, yeah. Big brain, little guy. <laughs> Uh, no, well, it's true. When you look at the other actors who have played Blofeld, Donald Pleasance, um, Telly, Telly Savalas, even Charles Pierce. I can't remember. I can't believe Charles Pierce came to me more immediately than Telly Savalas. <laughs> but uh, they're all kind of bigger dudes, yeah, especially Donald Pleasance and Telly Savalas. Yep. I don't, Telly Savalas isn't super tall, but he's a he's a big yeah, guy, he's a big dude. Yeah, and, and Christoph Waltz is not. Uh, but I think that works for his character. I think it works for a modern take on that character, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, anyway, yeah, Spectre's behind everything. Like Hydra and Captain America's uh, uh, Winter Soldier, Hell Hydra. <sighs> <laughs> Hydra is inspired by right. Spectre. Spectre came first, and then... Uh, was it Joe Kubert who came up with Hydra? That sounds right. I don't know. Or Larry, and then Larry Hama turned that into Cobra for the GI for Marvel's <laughs> GI Joe comics. It's your it's your classic John Carter conundrum. Right, of, right. It took so long for a Princess of Mars to become a movie because every time the script would float around, it would always be like, oh, it's like the it's like the uh, the the. What I'm trying to say. It's like the, oh, it's like the arena scene in and, Star Wars. Yeah. Well, yeah. George Lucas stole that from... Yeah, he, he <laughs> was literally like, inspired by... Every, it's like, oh, well, it's like this from that. Well, that came from yeah. the Princess yeah, of yeah. Mars. So. Oh, well, it's like this from that. that they stole that from a... <laughs> this is what everything you've ever <laughs> yeah. seen in science fiction since A Princess of Mars was written was stolen from A Princess of Mars, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to see it because they've already seen it. Right. It's... Uh, uh, it, it is it is it is exactly that and it, it's just it, there's a there's a certain kind of critic or movie watcher audience member who who thinks i've seen every james bond movie i've seen the pierce brosnan movies i've seen the daniel craig movies mm-hmm. they get now they're bringing the specter thing in and that's it's just like hydra right come on come on james bond is losing a step and it's like Millennials. know your roots they're, they're, <laughs> There were movies before 1990. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like we've covered them. There's a whole series of movies about Spectre. Yeah, uh, and it was they were very successful. This is why the idea kept going in different forms of media. People are inspired by other things, and when they bring it back, it doesn't mean that they're not being creative enough. It means they're finally doing what they want to do. <laughs> right, which is like ew, hard. It's hard to argue like artistic purity. For a multi-million-dollar blockbuster owned by Sony, <laughs> yeah, no shit. But the people making the James Bond movies, they really do care about this shit, and, and they know their shit, and they know their shit. They wanted to make Spectre movies, so they finally fucking did it when they, they had the chance. Boy, did they do it! 
But speaking of Spectre, it's got its tentacles and everything. It does. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, well, specifically their their image, their logo is a, oh, an octopus. An octopus, yes. Oh, and that's f- right. For some reason, the filmmakers decided to put tentacle porn into that's the right. opening title sequence of Spectre. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I meant to do this earlier, but... Like similar to Quantum of Solace, I was able to find an alternative oh boy Spectre opening title song. Is again, it Japanese? It's from Japanese artist, isn't it? <laughs> no. Uh, again, I couldn't find one for Skyfall. I, I'm sure there's one that exists, but I mean, once you get the Adele one, obviously you're going with Adele. Yeah. We should mention that Adele. It's funny because the other previous two were very rock heavy uh, yep. theme songs, and the Adele one is not. It's very much more in line with Shirley Bassey, but it's like a modern t- version of that. Right. As you can tell by comparing Skyfall to uh, the alternate Shirley Bassey one we heard for Quantum of Solace, you got to modernize that shit, not just do it again. <laughs> yeah. But let's listen to the rejected mm. Spectre theme song called Spectre by Radiohead. Oh, shit. I know you're going to like this, Josh. Yeah. like it uh yeah you like you like the radiohead song i do like the radiohead song it's called specter they even say specter in the song they do i heard a lot <laughs> and it's kind of a piece <laughs> it sounds it's a radiohead song it it's is radiohead song. but it's it's of a piece with the sam smith song because they both yes, have that kind yes. of ethereal kind and of and ghostly. That falsetto yeah absolutely yeah i think um so i know radiohead like they took time off from the album that they were working on at the time mm. to specifically craft a James Bond theme song for Spectre called Spectre. They were asked to do so. I, I think they were asked to do so. I don't think they just did it. They were ordered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then ultimately, for whatever reason, it was rejected. I don't know if that was before Sam Smith worked on his, hmm. uh, but I know Sam Smith worked on his for like two days. Oh, wow. That's He's like come out and said that, yeah, I, I worked on Yeah, I, I, I I wrote it down, worked out all the lyrics in a day, recorded it the next day. 
and, and it's just like, wait, Radiohead. Radiohead stopped down an album. Yeah. I, went, yeah. I, came, I came by and farted this thing out real quick. Farted and, it out on a snare drum over the weekend. That's the difference between a career for 20 years and a guy that's like 27 years right, old. Right, right. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Paul McCartney has said that he wrote Live and Let Die in about 30 minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, but then again, Paul McCartney was like in his 40s right. at that point in time. And he's Paul fucking McCartney. He's Paul fucking McCartney. <laughs> but I just think it's funny, like, I love the Live and Let Die song, but it's just like, 30 minutes, I can kind of tell. Right. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> but yeah, I'm all on board with the opening, except the tentacles around the naked ladies when sex is happening. I'm just like, why? I l- I like the tentacles. <laughs> I'd love to have tentacles while I'm fucking. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, I, what I like about it is that it's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. It is definitely weird. And it's yes. unexpected, yet yeah. it totally thematically works. And I, and I I like I like this way more than the Quantum of Solace opening, mm. even though it is it is very much in line with like your classic Bond opening with the naked ladies. Right. Uh, also, naked Bond. We should point that out. Mm-hmm. That's not as common. Uh, but I think the 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 weirdness of the tentacles <laughs> sells it and makes it work. Like from an art artistic perspective, like the way the other two opening mm. titles are. Uh. It's weird. It's unexpected. And I, I you turned on by it. We I get think, it. I think it's kind of sexy. Robs into tentacle porn. I, you know, I'm really not. I think it's actually really fucking gross. The whole idea of a an actual tentacle from. I don't even like. <laughs> I don't even like the like. They've got those like dildos that look like tentacles now. Mm, I've seen That's them. fucking weird and gross yeah. to me. No, but I think this is sexy. So all right. I, that's just, that's well, just I, how in, I feel. In contrast to the weird otherworldliness of the title sequence, it does the the opening scene where he, which is a spectacular sequence. The one oh, the Dio de los Muertos scene. Yes, the one, the one one take shot, um, which I, over so, in the air over the crowd. Yeah, comes down into the street, finds James Bond. Follows him into the hotel, up the elevator, into a room with a woman who he's making out with, uh, and then it, it and she goes to lie on the bed, and then it swings over to him. He's already in another suit, climbing out the window. I'll be right back. He's on the ledge of the building, gets to where he gets to where his target is, and then you're about you're now you're regular editing again. Right, right. Uh, it was not shot in one take. No, but but. The effect is it's great. Is great, and I think Sam Mendes. People criticize him for being too much of it. It's like style over substance, which is one of the main criticisms I heard about 1917. But I mean, that's James Bond to a T. Yeah, he pulls it off with <laughs> such flair. But yeah. then, so from that, like from that crazy title sequence to that really crazy one shot take. Mm-hmm. But then when he blows up the building, first you're thinking, well, is this any better than the stadium bombing he was trying to? stop from happening oh, yeah. that was an accident that was an accident but it directly goes into m like i mean it's like really like bond get in my office damn it bond you wrecked another <laughs> building you know it's it really is kind of a Slater! throwback well, yeah <laughs> to be fair the new m played by ray fines is not happy with him right and 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 bond is like trying to say like oh i was i wasn't there <laughs> i was on holiday was somewhere amazing. else yeah and of course M knows that that's bullshit <laughs> right yeah, I really, I really, I, I really like that opening scene. I know there are a lot of people, the cold open, who say that that's like the best thing in the movie, and they're not necessarily wrong. Right? It is a great opening. It's 
by far. Anything with Dave Bautista is the best thing in this movie. <laughs> he is amazing That's in true. this movie. That's I've... true of most things that Dave Bautista <laughs> is in, I feel like. Uh, my my only criticism of him in this movie is that he's such a he is such a good actor. Like I wish he had more lines. I know he has the, shit. He, yeah, 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 but shit. it's a good shit. line. Yeah. yeah, and you want to talk about suits? That motherfucker's yes. suits and his hats yes. through this whole movie. Yes. Oh, you're totally right. You're 100 mm-hmm. percent right. Similar to how Red Grant and From Russia with Love outbonds Bond sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Uh, What's his name? Mr. Hink or something like that? I don't that? know what his name is. When when they That's get a weird name. Snow Snow, is that her name? Frost. Swan. Swan. When they get <laughs> Snow Frost like, Swan. What the fuck is her name? When they get her and he like when he and Bond make eye contact, the fucking smirk that he does, it's mm. like, oh, that's this is why Dave Bautista has a film career. Mm. Like that right there. That right. that one reaction. <laughs> Hinks. Yeah, Hinks. Hinks. Uh they I don't know if they ever say his name in the movie. Mm. His most notable trait, besides his debonair suits, is his his manicure? his, his, manic- his, <laughs> yeah. his metal fingernails. It's his thumbs. It's just, yeah, it's just, just thumbs. thumbs? Yeah. Okay, uh, which he uses to gouge people's eyes out, and only that. I mean, maybe he uses it to eat corn I mean, on the cob. I don't know. <laughs> or do massive amounts of coke. Or do that? Yeah, very carefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's he is a great classic Bond henchman. In this, in the same mold as Red Grant or Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, he's a big fucking dude. And when he takes Bond on, you, yeah, Bond is gonna have some fucking trouble. I've seen Daniel Craig without his shirt on, and it's still, it's like I, I'm not too worried about him in a fist fight. And then you see him fight Dave Bautista. Right, right. It's like I've seen Dave Bautista without his shirt on too. That motherfucker's big. He is big. He is big. <laughs> I want to say I think I think I, this might be sacrilege, but I think Dave Bautista is my favorite former WWE WWF wrestler turned mm. Hollywood actor. actor. Yeah. I love The yes. Rock. Yeah, no, yeah, Dave Bautista. And I love yeah. Rock movies, but Dave Bautista I think is a legit thespian. Like yeah. he is an actor. Like first and foremost, I think The Rock is a performer. Yeah. So He's there's a there's star. a distinction. <laughs> yeah. Both are better than the other one. In Riddick, when uh, when they when he they shoot the the dingo dongo thing, and he's like, oh, "I got that one." He's like, and then they see that it didn't shoot. He's like, "Oh, is that the one that you shot?" He's like, "I'm pretty sure that's a different one." <laughs> he's just got good delivery. He's, he's got great. He's got great screen presence. Yeah, I love him for the little bit he's in in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm. I still haven't seen that. Oh man, you should see it. It's a really long movie, but it you should long. definitely watch it. <laughs> I, have I told you? I think I like. Blade Runner twenty forty nine that more than the original. Whoa, yeah, hot, hot, hot sports. I've, I've given right it. There. I've given it a lot of thought. Mm. I think, I think it ultimately does what the first movie was trying to do better. Hmm. I need to revisit. It doesn't. It doesn't have Rutger Hauer. That's really the, <laughs> right, the big. Yeah. It's it's only flaw in my that's, opinion. Yeah, that's a pretty big. It's, it's got Jared Leto instead of Rutger Hauer, which is oh, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, Jared Leto's not. I in want very much. less Leto, fucker. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, Spectre, man, we've been on, we've been going off on tangents, but thankfully they've been <laughs> in movie tangents. It's true, we've just been talking about whatever. Yeah, so um, the sunrise the other day was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> the plot is basically Bond is sent on a mission by the previous M, Judy Dench, and he's trying to avoid MI6 while doing this, and they're tracking him anyway or trying to. And the essential plot is it's similar. It's kind of similar to Quantum of Solace in that he's searching for 
not necessarily vengeance for him, but like he's continuing on the previous mission, right? Like he doesn't, like he does in Quantum of Solace, and uh, that leads him to you know the past with Mister White. He meets Madeline Swan, gets involved with Monica Bellucci at one point. She's the widow of the guy he kills in Mexico. By the way, I think that opening scene is the biggest, most expensive opening scene they've ever done. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, in, no in shit. the series. I, I think Skyfall might have been the most up until then, the biggest up until then. Yeah. Um, and like you said earlier, this became the longest Bond film ever. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what No Time to Die's runtime is, but I imagine it's shorter. Probably. I think so. Um, and then you come to find out that uh, the guy who's been behind everything that Bond has done, or the adventures that he's gone on, uh, was uh, a guy who he grew up with essentially, mm-hmm. um, and uh, whose whose name eventually is Blofeld, who's Franz Oberhauser. He takes the name Blofeld. Yeah, well, he takes his mother's side, his yeah. mother's maiden name, mm-hmm. which is another reason why people who criticize that is like like it's being this like Star Trek Into Darkness. It's like no, it's a character thing. You know, yeah. it's a character choice. You can criticize the ultimate decision to the past time, but they executed it fine. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, it's not supposed to be a surprise to Bond like it is in Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, the characters are supposed to be shocked by that. Yeah, he knew it was in Into Blofeld when he saw him at the meeting. Well, he knew who he was, but he didn't right. know his he name was, was Blofeld. Blofeld yeah. But he knew he knew he, yeah, right. he knew who he was. But I mean, yeah. like, yeah, the, the reveal of the name, it's like, oh, it's just like a surprise for the audience only. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not, though. Yeah. He's he's revealing his stuff about his character when he does that. Whereas in Star Trek Into Darkness, it's literally just, I'm Khan. And then they go search Google for who Khan is. Because <laughs> they don't know. Space Google? Yeah. Bond doesn't care what his name is. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and I, I have in my notes, this this movie builds the Spectre mythos like no other Bond movie. You know, it, it really... Well, it builds on the previous mythos. Right, but right. But yeah, it puts it all in up front in one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So that, that was my main yeah. point: is that along with him taking the name, his his mother's name, it just it builds out that world of mm-hmm. him creating Spectre and being behind everything, and James Bond finally confronting him one last time. It sort of does it in the reverse of the original Connery movies, mm-hmm. where you're you're introduced to Blofeld pretty early, and you know, and from Russia with Love, but Bond doesn't meet him until much later. Yeah, but you see all the other ancillary villains that work with Spectre mm-hmm. or that are hired by Spectre. And then in, in these movie in these movies, you don't meet Blo you don't meet Blofeld until the end. Right. But you've seen all of his ancillary counterparts mm-hmm. or uh subcontractors, I guess. <laughs> subcontractors, <laughs> yes. I think that's I think that's probably what Le Shreef and Mr. Green are. They're subcontractors and like Mr. White was probably like in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely he was in the inner circle. Yeah. yeah. Middle management. <laughs> Yeah, not he's not he's not the CEO, but he's he's high up there. He's like a regional manager. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think you're right because when they're all in that big room and they're around that giant conference table, they all do seem to represent different. Yeah, those areas are all the different the, of, yeah. of, of, of world geography. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that scene is very similar to the scene in From Russia with Love. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember where there also there's also the Spectre meeting, and it's like it's not nearly as many people. And they're not. There's not like a hundred people other watching from the stands, right? Yeah, the, uh, the weird Sith ghosts from <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. But at least we can like intuit what they are. <laughs> like these are the henchmen, right? These are the you know hinches going to hinch. Henches are waiting 
for their boss to get their orders, and then they're going to go out and hench. <laughs> they should have found lookalikes from all of the henchmen from all of the James Bond movies oh, to There's, have them populate. Uh, there is one guy who I recognize from Casino Royale. Hmm. The the Asian gentleman with the ponytail. Oh yeah, yeah. From oh. from the Casino Royale scenes. Cool. Uh, he is he is standing like in front of and to the left of James Bond when he is looking out over the balcony. Okay. And James Bond doesn't notice him because he's paying attention to Blofeld, obviously. Right. But he's right there, and it's like that's the same guy. Yeah. Hey, how about that? How about that? <laughs> Which subconsciously ties back into how Spectre is a part of everything. Yep. This whole time. There was a guy from Spectre right there. Right there. Yep. I mean, I guess I guess so was Lashreef, but the idea that it's this other guy too that's like Bond doesn't care about, but mm-hmm. well, that guy is a bad guy too. You should probably should have done something about that. Anyway, I I after seeing this movie so many times, it's like it's nice to catch stuff like that. Yeah, no, and those attention those attention to detail moments are great. Mm-hmm. And we we talked about this when we first saw it back in 2015, and I wrote about it when I wrote this is the only Bond movie I've written about so far mm. on forgot forgetful fuck that up unforgetfulfilmcritic.com. That's right. Uh, I talked about how this really is a Bond fans Bond movie because you get you would the, think so you get the white cat with yes. with uh, yeah. Blofeld. There's just so many little touches. Just the fact that Blofeld his his whole plan is to lobotomize Bond. That's so mm-hmm. classic, iconic oh, Bond yeah. villain behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have never understood the complaints about this movie. I I think there is a there's a bit of like you know. F- Maybe you could say drop off between this and Skyfall in the sense that I'm going to get into my whole, uh, the meta bondiness of these movies. Mm-hmm. Casino Royale is, you know, it's clearly, it's, it's, let's take all the elements of what people like about James Bond and modernize it. Like, not just new technology, but like, let's modern style storytelling that we've never done before. Right. We're going to Batman Begins it. <laughs> And it worked really well. And then this, for whatever reason, they chose to do a direct sequel in the next movie. So that had to be in its own way. Well, how do you do a direct sequel to to a Bond movie? Right. How do you do a direct sequel to something that's never had a direct sequel? Yeah, they've had loosely connected sequels that built off previous movies, but like this is a direct follow up. It is. Yeah. It is. It is the Last Jedi. Uh, of Bond movies, it's pretty much nothing but characters dealing with what happened in yes. the last movie. And so this one, it's 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 it it is it is well. This is how you do a sequel when you're rushed. I think if they <laughs> if they'd have more time, it would be a better version of that. Right. Um, it's not quite breaking to Electric Boogaloo level right. of filmmaking, no. but uh, <laughs> it's 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 about Ghostbusters two quality. Right. Right. Of sequels, as if we're talking about that. <laughs> Uh, I like Ghostbusters too. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I stand by. I stand by it. Vigo. 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 Uh Peter McNichol in a tour de force oh, performance. Man, he's good. <laughs> he's so good, especially in that. And then you get to Skyfall, and I think Skyfall is like. It's it's what you were saying, Jordan. It is Bond now. He's Bond. He is James Bond. This is the James Bond from the other movies. He is no longer the newbie. He is James fucking Bond. But it's in a complete. It's 
it's not recognizably James Bond anymore. Like the movie itself. Mm-hmm. It is, but it isn't. It's its own thing. Now. It is its own new thing. Yeah. And it's. I think that's what a lot of people wanted from the Daniel Craig movies is what they got in Skyfall. Hmm. Was like, this is new. This is what James Bond is now. And then Spectre comes around and it does kind of the exact opposite. Yeah. It is the James Bond now, but in a story from the James Bond past. That's very much, it's, it's, everything is a throwback to what, what came before very directly, very specifically mm-hmm. in a way that the other two movies also weren't. Uh, and as, so for me, yeah, as you said, as a Bond fan, this is what I, this is yeah. what I personally have wanted. You're all over it. <laughs> I wanted a classic James Bond story with the modern Bond. Like the 21st century Bond. Yeah. And so for me, this is why it's my favorite movie, my favorite Bond movie. It gives me, it's everything I've wanted. And that's why I'm a little worried about No Time to Die, but ooh, ooh, we'll get to that. But I think that's why, I mean, that's how I squared in my head because I don't see how you can watch this movie and not have a good time. Right. Maybe it's a little long. Um, two and a half hours. Maybe, is, maybe it's a little long. If it if if your Bond movie without commercials starts to feel like a TBS airing <laughs> with commercials, <laughs> you maybe trim some stuff out. But yeah, this is like I said, James Bond movies don't mind spending their taking their time telling their story. Sam Mendes goes maybe a little too far with that in this one. Yeah, there are a lot of shots of Bond going somewhere and nothing else happening, <laughs> uh, like on a boat. Or in a car, or James Bond and Madeline Swan standing around a train station waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And I like all those things. They're shot beautifully. They're edited well. But yeah, they could probably be trimmed up. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Similar to Quantum of Solace. It's amazing how I feel like these two, these four movies, one, two, three, four, one and two, or one and three are very similar in so many different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And then two and four are very similar in in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm wonder. I really do wonder what like No Time to Die is going to be. Yeah, I like, mean, it's yeah. Where's it going to fall on? It'll the, be it'll it'll fall on the Honor Majesty Secret Service. I'm worried about that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm let's talk about. about uh, I asked you to think about what you thought is in store. Have you watched? Yeah, I'm sure you watched all the trailers and stuff. Right? I I have, yeah. I don't know anything. About well, it. let's let's do a let's do a solid wrap up of, of okay. Spectre first. Oh, sure. sure. Um. I mean, I think we've talked about the main stuff, but like, uh, just like going into his character, mm-hmm. that'll help us go into no, t- no, no time to die. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of his characterization is is around how his relationships with women, obviously, right? Uh, not just the women he sleeps with, but also like M and his friends, like Money Penny, even though they definitely fucked. <laughs> uh, but you know, like not on a mission sort of thing. It just yeah, they're two attractive people, right? It, it happened. Uh, and I think this movie kind of, it, it keeps that characterization going, how he started with Vesper, how he was very hardened by that. Mm-hmm. And he softened a little bit over time, but like, he still is pretty remorseless when, when Silva kills his girlfriend, kills right. Silva's girlfriend. Uh, like he clearly is not going to do it. He's trying to think of a way out of it. Yeah. What is he going to do? Yeah. Uh, but he's not too broken up when it happens. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you get to this movie and after M dies, he goes out of his way to tell Monica Bellucci after he's, you know, had he's he's mission, you know, mission accomplished with her. Uh, that's my innuendo. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he tells her, go to Felix Leiter. 
Mm-hmm. He tells her, go to this person who I trust, you can trust, he will keep you safe. And then we never hear from her again. That's what you were saying, you were questioning. Mm. We never hear from her again. We can assume, we assume she's she safe? went to Felix Leiter yeah. and yeah. is now safe. Yeah, I feel like the only the only time we would have heard about her later is to know that if, she died. If she had died. See, yeah, yeah. Uh, to know that she's safe, we don't need to know that unless she a, comes back. He gets right. a call from Felix, when's your friend getting here? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think that's great, and I love, I like that. Even though he's not in the movie, that the presence of of Jeffrey Wright is still felt because <laughs> right. he's so good in those first two movies. Mm-hmm. I uh, hope he turns up in No Time to Die for sure. We'll get to it. All right. Um, and then he then he meets Madeline Swan, and like Vesper, he's meeting someone who is his equal, but she is not lying to him. Right. She, she is. What you see is what you get. What you her. see is what you get. Yeah. yeah. Wizzywig, <laughs> and the Wizzywig Bond girl. God damn it! <laughs> and uh, uh, you got to go to Lamarcan. Go find Lamarcan. My daughter can help you find Lamarcan. And I and I like that she gets the whole. She gets a backstory. She gets a whole characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has her own motivations for doing what she's doing. And they break each other down. I feel like because they're equals, and like she really. I love how she puts the, like, just brings it up. Like, you don't really want to be James Bond, mm. do you? And he doesn't. Like, this is the James Bond who doesn't want to be James Bond. <laughs> right. He hasn't since the end of Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have anything else to do. And she gives him a way out. Yeah. yeah and he, he softens again at yeah. the end of this movie. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. for James Bond as a character to go through this emotional story arc, of of being the yeah debonair playboy to falling in love to having that love crushed into hardening up and then ultimately over time softening into not just you know being open to relationships with women again but actually having a relationship mm-hmm. with a woman again and something beyond because he wanted to quit at the end of Casino Royale his first mission yeah right and so it's like it's 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 it perfectly makes sense that he wants out and she's giving him a way out mm-hmm. and he takes it and I. Uh, that's partly why she's my favorite Bond girl. Hmm. It's similar to Tracy in Honor Magic's Secret Service. It's so sad when she dies because, God damn it, <laughs> James Bond needs deserves a way out. Right. And and then to all credit to George Lazenby in that movie. You want it for him there, too. Mm-hmm. But this movie's built up over three other previous movies, including this one. And it's just like, yeah, I kind of want Daniel Craig out. I yeah, and it and it gives it gives him real stakes. It gives yes, you know, yes. it's not just another throwaway girl that he sleeps with, and that he's he's emotionally invested in this woman. You know, knowing that he, as a character, sees a way out, makes it feel more real. Mm-hmm. Like when when the other because all the other bonds, like you feel like, oh, it is just a revolving door. Of every like, it doesn't matter. Every but movie for, is like a, a week in their career. Yeah, exactly. Right. But this, it does. It feels like no. He like he does like he wants to retire or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it feels like a real guy, and yeah. not just a name. You can't be a field agent forever, right? And sometimes it's like I love. Uh, you see his apartment for the first time in this movie ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever. And there is nothing. <laughs> Did you just move in? No. No. <laughs> yeah. There is literally nothing. And I love that. Yeah, like he's never home. He's what, never. Yeah, he's never home. I mean, he doesn't care. He's never built a home. Right. Uh, the the home he came from was was destroyed through tragedy, and he's experienced his own tragedy. He's he's done with all that shit. Mm-hmm. And this movie, 
Madeline Swan brings him back. Yep. And uh, and I love Leah Sadu, the actress. She's great. Uh, anyway, uh, I was very excited when she was cast, and then the whole seeing the all all play out on screen, I was like, all right, this is yeah, I like this. Um, I know Vesper Lind is everyone's favorite, but but Madeline Swan is mine. Um. So yeah, going uh, into, I mean, it, it, I think that's that's how that's what I wanted to say. Like that's, mm-hmm. I love Spectre for so many reasons, and 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 what it does with and how it culminates the James Bond character up to this point for Daniel Craig, the Daniel Craig movies. I just think is, I think it's phenomenal, and in, yeah. and it's unexpected. Like it's doing classic Bond stuff, but then it gives you this whole other separate thing. Well, no, Bond is done at the end. Yeah, I I, I like the fact that this movie it. It goes back into those older Bond things, but never goes cartoonish. No, there, there are no slide whistles here. They're some, taking it seriously. Some people would say that, like the the flamethrower out of the back of the car, or they asked Martin <laughs> in the car chase, exhaust, or or the yeah the exhaust, or the 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 seat go, you know the the ejection seat, right, ejector seat, yeah. That cartoony. I mean. It's not any more cartoony than the guns being added to the Aston Martin in the previous movie. Right. But people don't shit on Skyfall for that. So, sorry. You can't have it both ways. Right. If if I if if I ever watch Spectre as many times as I've seen Casino Royale, Spectre might be my favorite of the mm. Daniel Craig ones. I, I will say, I, just to be fair to all the people who, who criticize it, I don't know if I think it's the best James Bond movie. I don't know if I think it's better than Skyfall or Casino Royale. I just love watching it so much. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and I just it's I just wish people it, when I get upset about people not liking things, I don't care what they, how, they I don't care. But like, I just want people to see what I see when I see something <laughs> like that. You know, it's like the Last Jedi. I fucking love that movie, and mm-hmm. I wish other people whether you whether you love it or not. Like, I just. I just wish you could feel what a little bit of what I feel when I watch it. It's that movie magic thing again. Like other people feel with different things, which is fine. <laughs> I just want the shared experience, right? That's right. all. I fear of other people missing out. Is that a thing? <laughs> fear of other people. Ah, that's great. Fumo, it should, Fumo. It should become a thing if it's not. Uh, Fumo. Fumo. Yeah, fear. Foop. Foop-mo. Fear of other people. Yeah, Fumo. Foopmo. Foopmo. <laughs> Do you guys have anything on Spectre? Anything you want to wrap it up with? No, I think that's a that his his arc over these four movies has been the the main takeaway. Like his falling in love with Vesper and then out of love and hardened and now he's coming back because because Madeline Swan has brought him has shown him another another way to go. Yeah. I don't know if at the end of this movie if they're in love, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a strength to it. Actually it makes it more realistic. But I, I, I think that they definitely have strong feelings for each other. Yeah. They have shared trauma. That brings people together. And they're both each other's way out. And yeah. I, 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 so I think No Time to Die, oh, here we go. from what I've seen of the trailers, I haven't read anything about like the story. So mm-hmm. I, if there are any spoilers I have in, in my thoughts on the movie, it's purely from the trailers. Mm. Uh, do you guys want to watch the trailers? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. I'll just say I think the movie is going to start... Maybe not immediately after the end of Spectre, but like a little bit of time afterward, where they're like on their retirement honeymoon phase, mm. and then something's gonna happen. It's gonna pull them back in. Yeah, <laughs> but let's watch the trailer. 
Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? I don't know what this is. James Bond. Licensed to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. Okay, so well, I would have thoughts. used I would have used twenty twenty for the 007 logo, twenty twenty seven um, underneath it. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Felix Leiter game looks strong. Fuck yeah! It may just turn out to be one or two scenes, but it will just be one or two yeah. scenes. But he looks excited about shit. that. Yeah, a betrayal from Madeline Swan, perhaps, mm. perhaps. Uh, oh, good in a Billie Eilish theme. Hooray. Have you not heard it yet? Uh-uh. We'll listen to it after we record. We don't need to put that on the show. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks really cool. Uh, I like the uh, spin around with the gun car thing. <laughs> that looks neat. The Aston oh, Martin cool. thing. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the new tough double O, putting the old man in his place. Mm-hmm. That might be fun. It's that, either going to be fun or incredibly obnoxious. I think it, it's going to be never fun. Know. I, it's Lash- she, that's Lashana Lynch. She was in Captain Marvel. She was uh, oh yeah, uh, Carol's best friend. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember uh, her name. Oh, you, as soon as you said that, <laughs> well, her, the actress's name is Lashana Lynch. That's all that matters. Um, Looks like he takes a trip out to Arkham Asylum to see uh, <laughs> to uh, see Glowfeld, see yeah. Two Face. That's funny. So I think all the scenes from the trailer with James and Madeline, when they're in the Aston Martin, I think that's going to be that action scene is going to be the open, the cold open. Mm. I think they're going to have they're going to it's going to open with them on like. Their honeymoon phase, 
they're going to fall under attack for some reason. Either James is going to have reason to suspect her, or he's just going to revert and think that he has a reason to suspect That's, her. It's just the way it's always gone for right, him. So. Right. I could see either of those two playing out, uh, depending on how in-depth they want to go with the characterization. They right. could just assume it. Oh, I think that would be more interesting than if he just sees, like, she looks at a watch in a weird way. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, so they're. I think they're going to get separated because we clearly see that she's in other scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is pretty early, the action scene that we're going to see. I could be, I could be totally wrong. Uh, and then we're going to come out of the cold open and it's pro- there's probably going to be a scene with Ray, Ray Fiennes as M. Where's 007? We're going to think he's talking about uh, James Bond, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's talking about Lashana Lynch. Ooh. And then there's going to be some business with like that's going to set the plot in motion, and we've got an American agent finding him, or the, our Amer- our American liaison is like is is locating him or something like that. Felix is going to find Bond and bring him out of retirement. I don't think Felix is going to make it. Out of, oh ooh, no! I don't think he's going to make it out of the first act. That gives it that gives it stakes. It gives it sure. stakes. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be right about that <laughs> because I fucking love Jeffrey Wright oh, as Felix Leiter. And who doesn't? Um, but I think for the movie that I, I would rather, I would rather Felix be the sacrificial lamb at the beginning than Madeline Swan mm. to go oh, back to your sure. on her yeah. majesty's secret service right. idea. And it makes sense. I mean, this is the big blowout. This is the last Daniel Craig mm-hmm. Bond film. Mm-hmm. So we, people are going to go down that you wouldn't expect right. otherwise, right. I think. Uh, and this movie has uh, this series, this Daniel Craig series, has shown they have no qualms about killing off legacy characters. Right. So uh, I, I would not be surprised if Felix uh, is is killed in the in the next big action scene after mm. after the cold open. Okay. And then, as far as the rest of the plot goes, you remember in Spectre, she's talking about her past, Madeline Swan. Yeah. She mentions she mentions well, she says the reason she doesn't like guns is because when she was a kid, a man came to try to kill her father, and she kills the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's implied. And she just, as uh, since she's hated guns. And then we find out that she had kind of a rebellious uh, past. Uh, or, you know, went, you know, she went, like, she rebelled when she found out her father was a criminal and right. all that. I think that's one or both of those things are going to be tied into what, what's going on in this movie. Hmm. Either Rami Malek, who plays the disfigured, who's got the disfigured face, and he wears the mask, the that white kabuki mask or whatever it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Uh, I think he is either the guy who was trying to kill her father, even though he's too young technically. Yeah. But I have an answer to that. <laughs> uh, or he ran with Madeline Swan in her rebellious years, oh. and she might have been involved in like, Sort of like she got caught up in like maybe terrorist activity uh-huh. as a youth, and and she got out of that life eventually. But he is now seeking, like he's trying bring to her back bring in. her back in for some mm-hmm. reason, or maybe she has something that he needs or has information that he needs. So either way, I, either way, I think he's tied to her past. Now, if he's also the guy, if he is the guy who tried to kill her father, which maybe that's maybe that's actually Blofeld. Mm. And she thought he killed. She thought she killed him, but she didn't. Right. I don't know. I don't need everyone to be connected like this. But th- <laughs> if there's a reason why he's in the movie, I can see that being why he's connected to her past. Right. He knows. Obviously, he he is because he worked with her father. 
And they didn't really go into too much detail in the last movie about that. So they might do that more in this movie. Um, but if it's Rami Malek who tried to kill her father, Mr. White, James Bond has a line in the trailer where he says, history isn't kind to men who try to play God. Mm. Bear with me. There's Rami Malek is in several scenes in this movie. His facial scarring is different. I noticed that, yeah. I think he might have some oh. sort of skin or cellular regeneration. Uh-huh. Lazarus pit like kind a, of thing? Maybe a Lazarus pit kind of thing. Okay. Um, and so he's older than he actually is. Right. And maybe maybe she knows that. And, and, and maybe he's both the person who who tried to kill her father and ran with Madeline Swan as a teenager, as a rebellious mm. teenager. Maybe she doesn't know that they're the same person. It, it could be both if there is some sort of like cellular regeneration thing or and this would be the worst thing <laughs> he's Blofeld's son oh dear I don't need that yeah no nobody needs that no I mean especially I especially if Blofeld's in the movie like you don't right two Blofeld's running around well I kind of thought they were going to reveal that Max Inspector was Blofeld's son mm-hmm. uh, just because he kind of has a similar manic energy to Christoph Waltz and right I could see that as being a reveal. Speaking of that character, uh, I didn't I didn't mention, but he and Money Pony totally had a relationship at the beginning of the movie. Hmm. It's it's all off screen, but there's the scene where like Bond is asking about her personal life, and she says, "You don't need to know anything. You don't need to know about that." Like she mentions a man. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, what man?" And then later, he's calling her to get information in the car chase scene, and she's got a man over. And he has one line of dialogue off screen. I think he sounds like the same guy who plays Max. Hmm. And there's a scene later where after it's revealed that he's kind of putting the kibosh on the MI6 and all that and the and the double O uh, mission. Program. Program. Thank you. Uh, like she's clearly more hurt by it hmm. than she would be if he was just her new boss. Right. You know. So I think they had a relation, and I think that was probably in the movie that they cut out for time because because it was already long. It was already two and a half hours long. Um, anyway, I, I completely forgot about that. I wanted yeah, to yeah. throw that in there because uh, thinking of who Blofeld's son could be. Anyway, so that is what I think could potentially be what uh, No Time to Die is about. Mm. I don't know how Ana de Armas fits into any of that. Right. But it's a James Bond movie. There's plenty of room for characters. What you don't know is this is a six-hour-long movie. So I'd be fine with that. <laughs> oh my God. As long as there's an intermission so I can go pee at some point in time, I'm, I would be totally fine with that. Well, my big question is where do we go from here now that the, for the first series of James Bond movies that do have that arc, that have that like every movie follows the last mm-hmm. – Obviously, new Bond, but how? What are they? Where do you just go back to what you were doing before, or do we try to do something like that again? Or, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of that would hinge on what actually happens to James Bond at the end of this movie. Yeah, I hope my sincere hope, and I don't have any actual expectations for it, but my hope is that he and Madeline get to ride off into the actual sunset and retire and retire. I don't want either of them to die unless it's revealed that she is ultimately a really bad guy. I would, right. I would fucking hate that. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, not only because I like the character because it's just, just cheap. Right. That, <laughs> like, that is what all that, like, the people who complained about Spectre doing a similar kind of thing, like, no, that would be the thing that you're complaining about. <laughs> uh, so I think it would depend on how that happens. And he could die. 
because he is James Bond, and he even says in Casino Royale, we don't have a long life expectancy. Right. So that would tie all that up. But I just don't want it to happen. Like, no, I, I, like I, have, the, I have grown to like this character as a person. Yeah. You know, so much. Like, totally different than the other Bonds. That I just want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I almost kind of wish they were making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of them just kind of like, oh, we're going off on retirement. Mm-hmm. And then Il- Idris Elba shows up and him goes, <laughs> 007, come uh, in. I was talking to our friend Jonathan about uh, James Bond, and his pick for the next James Bond is Robert Pattinson. He's already Batman, can't do both. Yeah, <laughs> true. Nix that. <laughs> can't do both. You can't, no, Christian Bale already was John Connor <laughs> and Batman. <laughs> and, and somebody else too, right? Uh, yeah, no. And Batman. Ford versus Ferrari. John Connor. <laughs> He was a. There was a third thing. There was a third one. Man, there is. I don't know what it is. Oh, while we're trying to just find out what Christian Bale has done, uh, shout out to Ben Wishaw as mm. as Q in these last two movies. Uh, I really, He's I really, good. I really like him. I like that his dynamic with James Bond is similar to the previous James Bond Q dynamic, and that they're kind of always bickering at each other. <laughs> But in the previous movies, it was because Q was just an exhausted old man. Right. And Bond was just giving him the business the whole time. It's the reverse it's in the these re- movies. Yeah, it's the reverse. Yeah, yeah. Now now Q is the young whippersnapper and Bond's yeah. kind of the old man going, ugh, all your Twitters and your, yeah. <laughs> your Snapchats. It, 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 there's, a, there's a scene in Skyfall where it's like, uh, it's a real okay boomer. <laughs> it's a real okay boomer moment right? for... Uh, for James Bond. Picking the same actor to be John Connor and Batman. Do you know what that is? Amateur man. <laughs> Maybe it was just those two, but he was like going to be up for another role or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm sure someone floated him as, as James Bond at some point too. Right. Which, hey, he'd be great at it. But like, no, you can't have all these characters. One actor mm-hmm. cannot do all these roles. Right. Boom. James Bond. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I think it also depends on what they do with Lashana Lynch. Like, does she make it out? Is she become the new 007, like, going forward? I don't know. I think a lot of that will probably depend on how successful this is, or she might get a spinoff. Right. But there's definitely going to make another, they're definitely going to make another movie after this. Oh, yeah. It just may or may not have Daniel Craig. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be waiting to the end of the credits to make sure it says James Bond will return. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, they do that. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but if they if they decide to make a change after f- the first fifty years of the same character, I'd be I'd be on board. with Maybe it, it would be whatever uh, Lashana Lynch's character's name is. Yeah, will return. Will return. Yeah, that'd be fun. Maybe. Jane Bond. There are so many fucking dumb dipshits out there who would hate that and like would try to tank the movie Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey or mm-hmm. Ghostbusters with women in it style, like <laughs> right. Uh, the next movie's gonna have Lady 007. No thanks. And she's the one who gets the return title at the end. Man, No Time to Die is the worst Bond movie ever. Get woke, go broke. Get woke, go broke, motherfuckers. <laughs> Those people exist, and they suck. They do. Uh, and it's unfortunate, because that, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> or when we do have nice things, they're not as successful as they should be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we we litigated all that in our Birds of Prey conversation. We sure ah, did. Okay. So it was <laughs> half of the discussion was probably all about that. Um, so we don't need to relitigate that here. I, I learned that word the other day. Litigate. <laughs> uh, 
on my word of the day toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) So don't wipe your ass with this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I I am looking forward to No Time to Die. I think you guys probably are, too. Yeah, it looks good. I've enjoyed the series overall with Daniel Craig, so... New director this time, Kerry Fukunaga. Oh, he, oh, there you go. He directed uh, season three of True Detective. Yeah, and was instrumental in season three of, uh, no, wait. He he was there for either season one or season two of True Detective 2. He didn't direct, but he was. Oh, I think it was probably season two. Probably. Season one was all, uh, well, I don't remember his name. That yeah. one director who that, does things. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, are you are you excited for No Time to Die? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm excited as I was for the other James Bond movies. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, as much as I enjoy watching them, I I just don't get like hyped. You don't get amped for it. Yeah. Jazzed, yeah. Well, you know that is true. Uh, Bond is not for everybody, and not that it doesn't try to be, uh, <laughs> but it, it it is it is not ultimately. And I think that's I think that's fine. It's fine. Every everything is nobody is nothing is going to be for everybody. Right? Like why? You know, as long as it's a good action movie, yeah. that's ultimately what matters. Yeah, uh, that's what they are. That's what these movies that's are. What, that's what they are. And uh, I, I think it's going to go out on a strong note. I hope it does. The trailer, if, if the trailer is anything to go by, and if the font of the title is anything <laughs> to go by, it's absolutely going to go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of going out on high notes. Let's do some plugs. I'm Rob. You can find me at Tyrannosaurus Rob on Tumblr and at Tyranno Rob on Twitter. I'm Jordan. Um, Instagram is at Yellow Mailbox Media. And Josh. Yeah, you can find me at ForgetfulFilmCritic.com where I've got five years of reviews. And you can find the show on ForgottenFilmPod.tumblr.com on Twitter at the number four Gotten Film Pod on Facebook. Just search for Forgotten Film Pod. And you can like, subscribe, uh, rate, comment, all that good stuff on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and any podcatcher near you. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. That's fine.